Hi, I'm Ross Porter, and welcome to Stranded, CDs for a Desert Island. Hands down, my favorite CD of all time would have to be Live at the Village Vanguard by Bill Evans. Well, for sure, Giant Steps by John Coltrane. Joni Mitchell. One would have to be the essential Billy Holiday. Duke Ellington. Kind of Blue. Sticky Fingers. Beatles. The Who. Todd Rundgren. Keith Jarrett. Oscar Peters. Dave Brubeck. Songs in the Key of Life. If you were marooned on a remote island with no prospect of returning home, which CDs would you want to have to help pass the time? For most music fans, it's a difficult question. But what if you're a musician? Hmm, the prospects could be even more challenging. This edition of Stranded that you're about to hear is based on an interview that took place in 1998. Joshua Redmond plays the saxophone, started his musical career in 1991 having just graduated from Harvard with plans to pursue a law degree. He instead went on tour, eventually winning the prestigious Thelonious Monk Institute of Jazz competition and landing a record deal with Warner Brothers. Hi, Joshua. Hello, Ross. Good to talk to you. <laughs> it's good to talk to you, too. What have you been up to? Um, I have been doing something which I haven't done since I moved to New York. And that's relaxing <laughs> and living a, a bit of a life outside of music and the music business. Um, I took a lot of this year off. Um, really, the only work that I did this year um, up until now uh, was um, getting the band together for about a month and a half to go on the road, working on the music uh, for the new record and then recording the new record and then, you know, mixing it and mastering it and then... Um, I had a lot of this year off to spend with my new wife. I got married uh, in June of 97, and um, we got a new house, and just trying to deal with the trials and tribulations of home ownership, um, reading, reading books, jogging in the park, playing sports, you know, watching movies, hanging out, talking to people. Was this new album, Timeless Tales, was it fun? Oh, it was a tremendous amount of fun. Um, I mean, everything that I've done it has been fun. And, and in fact, once again, I mean, one of the reasons why I needed to take a break was certain things were starting to not feel fun. And um, But this new record was, was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to, um, to come up with the arrangements of these tunes. It was a lot of fun to explore these arrangements and give them life in the context of a band. It was a lot of fun to play with this band of musicians, which was a very special band that I specially put together for this project. Um, and it was fun to not only record the music um, in the studio, but also to produce the record myself, which is the first time I've done that. So um, all in all, it was a whole lot of fun. We'll get around to your Desert Island picks, but I wanted to play a track from the, uh, from the new album. Once again, it's called Timeless Tales. And here's Joshua Redman with Summertime. Joshua Redman and Summertime from Timeless Tales. Very nice rendition. Thank you. Why that song? Why'd you pick it? Um, 
because I liked it. <laughs> I mean, I know that Let me sounds play the... somewhat, somewhat, somewhat childish, but that's really why why I picked all these songs because I because I liked the songs, and more importantly, because I felt that there was something unique that I felt I could bring to the interpretation of the song. I'd like to play your first Desert Island pick. Now, this is the the Police, and it comes from an album called Ghost in the Machine. Mm-hmm. Why the Police? Um, the Police was one of those bands that, you know, I was a fan of, you know, when I was of the age to really be a fan, you know, I mean, when I was kind of coming of age, coming up as an adolescent or whatever, you know, in in my early teens, you know, I was a police fan and and I went to see them play live, you know, at a big, big, big arena somewhere in in the Bay Area in San Francisco, uh, in in California. Um, and, um, I mean, their music, you know, I was into their music on a social level. I mean, it was, you know, they were a band that a lot of kids in my high school were into. And, you know, there was like a social relevance to that band. But also it's, you know, their music always, I think it always touched me and moved me on another level, not just as a music that I related to as part of, you know, as belonging to my peer group, you know, socially, but a music that inspired me on a maybe deeper and more musical level. And finally, it, it's a band that I continue to listen to today. I think that their music, even though it was very representative of, well, if you, if you like the, the mid-80s, you know, they were very much an 80s band in some ways. I think unlike a lot of other 80s bands, um, they, they really are there's a timeless quality to their music. I, I can listen to a record like Ghost in the Machine and the music still has power and importance today, I think. And what song did you want to play? I mean, there's so many songs on that record, but why don't we play uh, Spirits in the Material World? Police and Spirits in the Material World from their album Ghost in the Machine, and that's one of the uh, Desert Island picks from uh, Joshua Redman. Listening to this, I haven't heard this tune in, I don't know, five, six years. I haven't haven't heard it for a while either. I mean, as much as I say, like, you know, I still listen to them today. I mean, some of my favorite records, um, in fact, a lot of the records we're probably going to play on this program, um, you know, I haven't been listening that much to these records because they've become in some ways so much a part of me that I guess I felt that I needed to kind of like distance myself from some of this music. I mean, the desert island scenario reflects what's important to me, but it's a little bit different than asking what are the 10 records that you're listening to the most or what's influencing you the most right now. In fact, to be honest, of all the music that that I've picked, there's really only one record that I'm I'm really listening to a lot now then that's the, the Bach cello suites. So it's, you know, the desert island scenario is, is a little bit different. The scenario is, you know, not what are you into right now, but what would you be willing to spend the rest of your life with, you know, and what would you most want to spend the rest of your life with if you had very limited options? And that's a, that's a tough scenario. Well, that's, what is there about the, the Bach cello suites? Well, it's, you know, they're a more recent discovery for me, uh, ironically, because they've been around for for far longer than any of the, the rest of this music. But um, there's something about the, the power and the beauty and the simplicity of these 
of these melodies and the amount of emotion and passion that can exist and, and be communicated by a single instrument. I'm enjoying kind of rediscovering the beauty of simplicity. Not to say that this music is simplistic, but just that it's economical and it's, it's familiar yet at the same time very surprising. You've picked Mstislav Rostropovich in the prelude from the suite number one in G major for Unaccompanied Cello by Bach. Mstislav Rostropovich and Prelude from the Suite Number no. One in G Major for Unaccompanied Cello by Bach. It's beautiful. It's actually the thing that I enjoy most about it is that it's soothing. Yes, yeah, it's soothing, but it's it's also energizing. I mean, invigorating. I mean, wh- one of the things that is amazing about classical musicians is just the level of expressivity that they can have because of the level of control that they have over their instruments. It's amazing. I mean, it's amazing what a great cellist can bring out of this music. And also, these are there, there's a simplicity to the music, but at the same time, there's this incredible power and strength of a beautiful melody and, and melodic variation. You know, taking some very, very simple harmonic ideas and some basic melodic motifs and some basic structures, but having all this richness and texture um, and power through variation. What's your next Desert Island pick? Well, I picked a composition and from a record by um, one of the greatest tenor players of all time. And if I had to name a greatest influence as a tenor player, it would be um, Sonny Rollins. And one of my favorite albums is Saxophone Colossus. And one of my favorite songs from that record is St. Thomas because more than any other record and probably more than any other jazz improvisation, what he does with St. Thomas really to me is a model of jazz improvisation. It captures the tremendous power and potential of jazz improvisation. The way a jazz improv the way a jazz improviser can be completely spontaneous and at the same time create something which has total meaning and structure and unity uh, and Tell a story. Sonny Rollins on tenor sax, and that was St. Thomas from his album Saxophone Colossus, a piece that he named after his uh, birthplace. And uh, once again, a, another The Desert Island Picks by uh, Joshua Redman. Have you met him? You know, I met him for the very first time, um, actually, uh, about a month ago. Um, I actually went to see my father play at a jazz festival 
And I didn't I know that my father was playing till the night before he called me up and you know, he was like, oh, I'm playing near you. So I drove out to see him and I didn't realize that um, Sonny Rollins was also, he was the headliner on the bill. But I begged my father to introduce me to Sonny Rollins because I've always wanted to meet him and I've never had the courage to kind of just go up to him and introduce myself. So I met him and he's a giant. He's just, he's awesome. He's Sonny. So what did you say? I said, thank you. <laughs> What else can I say, you know? Um, it's like I'm speechless, you know? It's just like, I mean, he's been such a huge influence, not only obviously to me, but to the entire, to every tenor player who's out there, you know, to the history of tenor saxophone playing. It's just like all I can do is express my thanks for what he's offered to us as musicians. You're listening to Stranded CDs for a Desert Island, and my guest is Joshua Redman. So far, his picks have included The Police, Ghost in the Machine, Bach Cello Suites by Mstislav Rostropovich and Sonny Rollins, Saxophone Colossus. What is your next one? My next one is um, Stevie Wonder's uh, Fulfilling Mrs. First Finale. Boy, that's a hard title to say. <laughs> must have, Stevie must have had... He has a funny sense of humor. I don't think anyone could pronounce that right. I don't think I did. Uh, you know, with Stevie, I mean, there's like... There's at least five records that I could pick as, e as easily as this one. And I just happen to pick this one because this is the one that I've been listening to a little bit more recently. It's, it's a brilliant record from start to finish. It's just great song after great song. Stevie has this way of um, being able to convey this great sense of fun and joy and, and kind of lightness with his music and at the same time have this incredible depth and musical integrity and seriousness in his music. I mean, that's that's a great gift to create something which is so deep and serious and at the same time so much fun. Here's Stevie Wonder, and this is Boogie On, Reggae Woman. From 1986, that was Prince and Kiss from his album Parade, and a, another one of the Desert Island picks of Joshua Redman. You warm my heart when you uh, when you select an artist like Prince. I do. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I don't steal it. <laughs> <laughs> Some what? people would be like, "What the? What are you doing with that crazy?" You know, like what relevance does he have? Why do you want to listen to his? I mean, you know, everyone has their own taste. It works on, on two levels for me. There's the, the innovation, mm -hmm. because I think he moved funk and R&B and soul forward. Yes, I agree. And I think he also collapsed a lot of boundaries. Um, and, and that's often, I think, the signs of a, of a great innovator. It's not just innovating within a style, but innovating across styles. I mean, 
what category does Prince's music really fall under except for Prince's music? And that's what's so inspiring to me. And I think that's one of the reasons why he has been so relevant for so long and why he, I think, will always be looked at as one of the great musicians of the 80s and the 90s. Are there a lot of boundaries in jazz? Boundaries only exist in the eyes and the ears of the musicians and listeners who perceive them. So for some musicians, there are quite a bit of boundaries in jazz. For some musicians, there are very, very clear and and strong dividing lines between what they see as, you know, valid music um, for a jazz musician to be influenced by and to interpret and what they see as, you know, outside territory, you know, off limits, um, maybe not up to the standards of jazz. For me, I can only say that, that not only jazz, but music in general is without boundaries. I mean, when I approach music as a musician, I don't see or hear any boundaries. Now, sure, I can approach music as as, as someone who thinks about music and, and, and talks about music, and then I start dealing with categories. You know, sure, I can recognize, okay, you know, maybe there's, you know, um, a group of musicians who fit nicely into a category that we're going to call, call soul, and same with jazz and rock and classical. But as a musician, those boundaries become unimportant to me when I'm looking for inspiration or when I'm trying to, to communicate something. Now, on your new album, you did uh, I Had a King which is a Joni Mitchell song. Well, I've been, um, you know, personally introduced to Joni's music um, through two people, mainly. Uh, the drummer, Brian Blade, who's on this record, who I've been playing with for the fast, past uh, five years, who is a huge Joni Mitchell fan. In fact, he's on her new record, and he's been playing with her a lot. So he turned me on to her, and also um, my wife, Gabrielle, she is a huge Joni Mitchell fan, and, and in, once I moved in with her, <laughs> um, I had no choice but to listen to Joni's music. I mean, she plays Joni's music practically round the clock, and um, I'm just lucky that, uh, that, that Joni's such a great musician because, uh, because I've definitely heard a lot of her music through my wife. It's Joshua Redman, and I had a king from his album Timeless Tales. Davis and Fall. That goes back to 1967, and that comes from his album Nefertiti. That was written by Wayne Shorter, wasn't it? Yes, I believe so. Another saxophonist that you uh, that you deeply admire. Yes, and a composer that, I mean, he's probably my favorite jazz composer ever. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, Wayne's Wayne's music is just amazing. Joshua, thank you very much. Thank you very much. It was good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. Here's John Coltrane, and this is Acknowledgement. 
I'm Ross Porter. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Stranded.